the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton coming back at you again on this weekend. Another weekend as we inch closer, you know, to my favorite time of year, and that's uh, warm weather time. March, man, it's March already. March madness, March, the Ides of March. Uh, what else we got? <laughs> you got all these things. That March is a time of transitions. Time, March is March of transition of the seasons. You know, we get to see, uh, you know, we get our traditional state basketball snowstorms, which I hope was last week because it was a girl state started. But, uh, you know, anyway, they, I heard another one's going to creep our way before it's over. And then uh, we get to make a transition in the spring. You know, I already saw some tree sap falling on my car, you know, and uh, the, the, the trees are, are welcome in this time. And, and it's just a time of transition. And, you know, even for families, it gets to be a time of transition because, uh, you know, if you're if you have kids in high school, you know, you know how they get junior high, high school gets jumpy. You know, this time of year, they, they're ready. They're ready to start putting their shorts on. And go to school in their shorts on. And I, my son walked out the other day in some gym shoes, and I want to strangle him. You know what I mean? I was like, "Dude, uh, you know you don't you don't do gym shoes in the wintertime with all that snow out there on the ground." You know, but he, you know, <laughs> he came in with some cold feet, wanted to drink some hot tea. I said, "Hot tea don't make up for a hard head." You know what I mean? You got you got to you got to get it in there. But one thing I want to talk about in this transitioning time is 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 that if you have children like me you know if you listen to my show you know that that i have nine nine children in my care i have nine children uh 11 uh grandchildren on the ground you know one in heaven one coming you know what i mean so uh i'm gonna have a big family when it's all said and done you know you know we we gonna just take over everything we'll never get invited anywhere for dinner but that's okay you know i mean we're just gonna take over everything but they have to think about transitioning from being your child now to an adult. And, and, and that's hard. You know what I mean? That, that's really hard. I told my, my son the other day, we were, we were having a conversation and, and, you know, he was so busy enjoying his, his first child. You know what I mean? You had a first child. You want to buy them all the things you never had. You know what I mean? He's, he's buying them nerve guns. The dude can't even pull the trigger on the nerve gun. He really wanted the nerve gun for himself. You know, you know how we do dads. We buy stuff for them. My dad bought me a pool table when I was four years old. I could, my, I couldn't even see the top of the pool table, you know, but it was my pool table. That's what he told my mother. Yeah. I bought this for, for Joseph. You know what I mean? Joseph got to stand on a chair just to throw the balls. You know what I mean? But it, tell me why Joseph never touched his Christmas gift. 
because my dad and all his friends was down there gambling, you know, uh, Christmas Day and the day after on my pool table, right? But anyway, four years old, you didn't care. It was mine. I could look at it and say it was mine and, and go to transition. But, you know, I, I kind of challenged them on a point because, you know, they were doing a lot of fun things. And, you know, when you when you have it like that, you buy them stuff. You know, I look around. This dude got something new on all the time. Him and his wife, they make good money and they go in there. And I just challenged him with this. I said, I said, I said, how is he ever going to know how to rain? And then he said, looked at me like rain. I said, I said, you know, I, I, I raise kings. I don't raise princes or fools. I said, I said, I said, you know, and I said, there's a difference. A prince always is up under a king. You know what I mean? He don't go nowhere. He's always up under a king. I don't raise princes. You know what I'm saying? I said, yes, said, you got to raise your son to be a king. And if you raise them to be a king, there's going to come a point in your relationship where y'all are not going to get along because no kingdom can have two kings. You know, you can't serve two masters. It'll be, it's, it's, you got a king and a queen per kingdom. And when he, you get to the point where you want to be a king, then I always tell my children, it's time for you to go get your own kingdom. <laughs> so that kingdom may be a dorm room. It may be a military bags bunk. It may be, it could be anything, but it won't be here. You know what I mean? So during the course of their high school days, they, you know, there we follow a formula of you say 50% of what you earn, 10% goes to ties, 10% goes to professional development and 30% you can spend any way you want to. So by the time they usually, I do that so that by the time they usually get ready to leave my house, you know, they ha- they can have three to $4,000 saved up and, and they can, if they want to get their own place, transition to college. I really want to transition, you know, you know, but we don't wait until they're 17 and 18 years old to think about the transition. You know, I start transitioning my kids when they're like three or four years old, you know what I mean? To understand what it is to get there because I can't expect them to come out there and function in this world at age 18 if they haven't been prepared. And that's why we have a lot, you know, they say 40% of millennials still stay at home. You know, home is comfortable. I mean, they're used to being in a room, but I don't know. Only, only person I know is happy being in a room is, 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 uh, I'm not going to say the content, but certain people who go to jail, they're happy to be in a room. You know what I mean? Others are not happy. I I want freedom. I want, I want to have my own. I I don't want to be up under, I don't want to be up under the king and queen. I don't, I, I never, I, I left my, my house at 18 and I, the only time I go back, went back was I had to have surgery one time on my knee, uh, after my freshman year of college. And, uh, and I had to go home and get the surgery done. And after that, I never spent another summer at home, maybe a, a week in the wintertime. And it wasn't nothing personal or hatred. You know, I, I love my family. It's just that I had my own. I had my own place. So I would spend a week. I take a vacation a week, go do a week and I give them a week. And then I go back to do other things. The other weeks I was traveling other places, other reasons around the country, you know, because, you know, I was a king, you know what I mean? So I had to, I had to have my own kingdom. You know what I mean? I've always had my own, you know, in college you have a roommate, you know what I mean? You have a dorm mate or a roommate, you know, a suite mate, whatever you want to call them. And you know, that, that was something that we had, but you know, after a while, I just had my own. You know what I mean? I would help friends out every now and then, let them stay with me, but it was my own. And and so when you're looking at how you're going to help your son or daughter transition to life 
to become a king or queen. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and one of the first steps is education. You know, what, what, what is education? This time of year is the time where kids are getting their acceptance letters from our universities. If they filled out their FAFSA, they're getting, uh, they're getting their financial award letters. Some universities purposely don't like to send out their award letters to June because you got to make a decision by May 1st whether you're going to attend the school. And that way, you know, they don't lose nobody. Nobody can't back out when they don't give them, <laughs> they don't give them enough money. And, uh, you know, usually this time of year, my phone rings off the hook because we do a college prep program called Generals. And in this college prep program, we help kids find scholarships. We tell, give them tips on taking the ACT. Uh, we've had some pretty successful uh, results and doing this and, and, uh, and seeing kids go out there and, and uh, make good choices and, and get a, get a nice education. But then my phone starts ringing with people asking me, you know, Oh, I'm $7,000 short. I'm $10,000 short, $5,000 short. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? And my response most time to them is that I really can't help you. Not at this stage of the game. I say, if, if you had to come to me, you may be your ninth or 10th grade year, you know, then uh, I can pretty much guarantee you that somebody would take you and pay your way. Yeah. I mean, that's just how confident I am in, 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 in what I know I can do and the network that's out there because really getting your education paid for is just like getting a job. It's your resume. If you have what somebody wants, they'll pay for it. Right. If I'm looking for a red sweater and you got a red sweater, I'm going to pay for it. If all you got is blue and black sweaters, I'm not going to pay for it. You know what I mean? I don't care what it looks like. Now, this is just a great deal I can't pass up, but you know what I mean? You know, just go there. So when I'm sh- shopping myself to colleges, it's not about what I try to teach uh, students. Is, it's not about getting in. Anybody can get in. It's about getting it paid for. And so when I do my seminar, this I'll be doing on the 24th of March, uh, at, at our church, 1001 Penn Avenue North, uh, from 11 to 1, it's, it's called The Two Ways to Go to College. Pay or get paid. You know, I tried this system on my own family first. Uh, and so I'm, I'm here to tell you I've had six kids go to college, and I paid nothing for none of the six kids to go to college. And they didn't go to cheap colleges. <laughs> Only two went to a public university. Everybody else want to go to private school, St. John's, Northwestern. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, Wheaton, you know. And and, uh, and so, you know, it. but if you if you have the resume that people look for, right, so it's not just about taking classes and taking test scores. It's also having a resume. It's also having something there you, that you're beyond uh, – a test taker or, or, or a little nerd studier, but you have community involvement. You know what I mean? You're giving back to your community. You know, you're, you're there. You, you have a structure in your life. You have a goal. You have a set goal. We teach our students how to, how to, how to voice, voice their purpose in life in, in, a, in a minute and a half to two minutes. I eat Toastmaster style, you know, that they can, they can, when, you know, cause people always ask that magic question. So oh, what do you, what do you want to be in life? What do you want to do that they're able to give them, the who, what, where, when, why, and how, you know, and, and rattle it off that quick and, 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 and be there. And so, and not just a train form message, but really we help them search that, that this is what I really want to do because, you know, our schools don't have time to do that. 
it should be done at home. I mean, you carry someone in the womb for nine months, you watch them grow up, you should know what they you should know what they need to become. I mean, you should know their skills, their gift sets, everything like that. Now, trust me, every last one of my kids that I told, this is what you're going to be. They all looked at me and said, just because I said it, they all chose the opposite. <laughs> they all chose the opposite. You know what I mean? I learned real early, don't say nothing. Just, you know, just don't say nothing. Just line up the opportunities. I, I told my last son, he's not going to college, right? It'd be a waste of his time and somebody's money for him to go to college. I mean, it's just not him. You know what I mean? It's, college is not for everyone. You know what I mean? It's not him. And he'll eventually go back. I know he will because he loves what he does so much that he's going to want to He's going to want to take it to another level. But for right now, it's not him. And he's going into the trade. So I told him, I said, son, I don't, you know, he's in ninth grade, eighth grade. I said, son, I don't think you should go to college. Uh, I thought I waited long enough to share it with him. He wouldn't buck me. I said, I don't want you to go to college. I said, once you get into the trades, because you're good with your hands, you're a hard worker, and uh, it'll be more profitable to you. He said, so what are you trying to say? You're trying to say, I can't, I can't do the work. No, son, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying this is a better. I told your older brother the same thing. He didn't listen to me. He ran off and got a master's just to prove me wrong. That, that I, I, said, I didn't say you can't go to school. I didn't say you can't do the work. I'm just saying it would be more profitable for you not to. And then uh, so he goes off and joins another college prep program at his school. <laughs> It leaves my college prep program, right? I didn't care. You know what I mean? He wasn't hurting my feelings. You know what I mean? Because he's going to show me he's going to college. So, but so, but I know he likes money. So what I did was I got him a job with an electrician and a plumber. And that's how he made his little money. And he worked there with him. And they kept working on him saying, man, you, you're a natural. You need to, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And, and finally, he, you know, he told his mother last summer, he said, I'm not going to college. I'm going to work the trades, but don't tell dad. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> I can't stand it when he right. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't about being right. It's about looking at him and evaluating him and knowing what his skill set was and being honest with him and not putting him in a position to fail, but in a position to succeed. And so he's making that slow transition into doing that. And I think that, that, that what we have to do as believers, especially I can understand an unbeliever, not knowing what their child's purpose is. I can understand an unbeliever not being able to spot gift sets and everything like that. But, you know, a believer who has the help of the Holy Spirit should be able, even if they can't spot it, you know, sit there and spend time with prayer in the Lord and say, how do I raise this child? How do I structure this child's environment? And uh, and so now every program he's been in, you know, to learn construction trade, he's just aced out. You know what I mean? You know, he, he has all these different trades vying for him you know making them offers to come study their particular trade and so now he feels like a superstar you know what i mean you know he feels like his brother did when he's being recruited for football you know what i mean he got, and he's going to be making 16 18 dollars an hour and his both his brothers who graduated from college they're not even making 16 dollars an hour you know so <laughs> after 200,000 and one hundred and sixty thousand dollars worth of education, they ain't making sixteen dollars an hour. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you friends out there can resonate, especially the forty percent of millennials still living at home because they're not making sixteen dollars an hour. You know what I mean? But but we we got to be sensitive to that and got to look at that and I always ask the Lord. It'd be like Mary. Mary looked at, jo- at at Jesus and she said she pondered some of those things in her heart. 
right? She didn't really know what to do, but she just followed the directions that the angel gave her, followed the directions that the Holy Spirit gave her. And though she wasn't sure, she just pondered them in her heart. And that's what we have to do, ponder them in our heart. You're listening to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton, about to come up on a break, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about transitioning. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community, Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Is your life unsettled, in turmoil? Have you ever wondered why? Here's Adrian Rogers. It is absolutely imperative that you be certain about the Bible. You'll never get much of anything else settled until you get that settled. I'm Chris Fabry, inviting you to join us for Love Worth Finding with Adrian Rogers. Tune in to Love Worth Finding with Dr. Adrian Rogers, weekday afternoons at 1 on AM 980, The Mission. Five stone or something like that. <laughs> hey, you we back. We talk about transitioning and um and you know getting there and, and like I said, I've been in youth ministry for a long time. I don't do it full time. I still I love young people. I mean I, I really do. And it's it's so good to even be in contact with uh, some of the first I've been here twenty six years and, and to still be in contact with a lot of the, the young people from my first uh you know leadership group I had here, Bible study, you know, and, uh, they're, they're now golly, they're kicking late thirties, early forties. <laughs> and some of them only see once a year when I, when I do their tax returns, some I see a couple of times, you know, some I see it at, at, at different church functions, but it, it's, it's good to see them, you know, coming into their calling. I was talking to one person that was fighting this particular call. I said, you know, this is what I see you doing. They told me, Nope. <laughs> uh now at 40 years old they they quit fighting and now they're gonna go ahead and do it and i said oh so you finally go yeah 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 i just i can't run no more you know what i mean i can't run anymore and you know and, and a lot of times that the, the it, it's not to fault parents because we're only doing what we know you know i give you an example from my personal life uh my mother uh man just if she had told me this story early in life, she would say a lot of conflict in our house, you know, because I'm a king, right? And my mother's a queen and we fought because I told her she needed to give me the checkbook. Let me pay the bill. Let me run the house. You're not doing a good job. <laughs> I'm not working, but I'm telling her I can do a better job than her with her money. Right. And, uh, and so and a lot of times I would, I would pay bills, walk up there, pay the light bill, do things like that. You know, I, you know, I had to, cook you know i mean because she was working you know when, when you know she worked doubles i had to cook for me and my little brother make sure the house is clean you know that's you know that's why you know my wife is thankful because you know she didn't know how to do none of that so she married a man that 
you know, I, you know, but she, I flipped the script on her. I taught her how to cook and clean. If she thought I was going to be Hazel for the rest of the time, oh, she had another thought coming, Jack. You know, we're going to do this together, you know, <laughs> till we have little slaves. Then they're going to cook and clean. I'm going to teach them how to do it, you know. And I so they all they all can't wait to the last one to leave the house to see what happens. I said, man, I was cleaning the house 35 years before y'all was born. I'll be cleaning the house long after y'all gone. And I, but, you know, my 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 mother she in the midst of her 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 working and doing things like that she came up with this thing that my kids are going to college that's all she ever told us my kids are going to college so when it came time to when the divorce happened and and everybody thought we were going to go to public school because we wouldn't have enough money to pay for Catholic school my mom said oh no you're staying in that Catholic school and we stayed in that Catholic school man and uh, my mother paid that tuition if she didn't pay nothing else, she paid that tuition to keep us in there because she said, she said, baby, they can never steal your mind. I want your mind, you know, to, 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 to be enriched and powerful. And uh, the reason why my mother did that was that my mother had an opportunity to go to college. Back then you had to go to historically black colleges because they wouldn't let you into any other university. And, uh, and so she had an opportunity to go to college and the teacher that was working on her application process to go to college uh, decided he was going to vote. And they found him the next morning dead in the ditch. This is 1955. Found him dead in the ditch. And my mother said, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm out of Mississippi. You know, you know, I, I'm not living nowhere where I got to just pick cotton. And, you know, and 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 she would have had to wait a whole nother semester to get in because by the time his death and everything like that, the paperwork wasn't done. And she couldn't stay in Mississippi. She ran to Chicago, got a job in the factory. Well, my mom is left handed and uh, she got a job in the factory. And the factories were geared for right-handed people. So while she was in the factory one day, she said, not only are my kids going to go to college, my kids are going to be right-handed. <laughs> so true to form in our family, the first kid is always born is always left-handed. That was me. So my mother taped my left hand. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's people wonder why I wear my watch on the wrong hand, why I do stuff opposite. I really am left-handed. I just got, I just got forced in the right hand because my mother knew how hard it was for her as a lefty and how hard it was for her without a college education. Now she never told me what I was going to become when I went to college. I could have became the college and came a any kind of major basket weaver, anything like that. She just knew I was going. That's all she knew. Cause she had never been there herself. So she didn't know how to prepare me for the journey. Right. And what I find in the urban context is there's a lot of parents there that desire better for their children, but they just don't, know how to prepare them for the journey right and then that's that's where the 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 village comes in that's where not being ashamed to allow someone to have better success with you in certain areas with your kids than you do you don't have to fear the youth worker the coach the teacher that takes you know that that seems to get a better better uh, response from your child than you do you welcome that you know what i mean because if they're any kind of a worker with any kind of Stamina, they're going to make sure they ask you, you know, about your child and what you want to see done in your child. I know that's what I do. Even on my application, I put on there, are there any gifts or abilities or talents, you know, we should be aware of that we should that, that we should build up in your child. You know what I mean? And and that's what I ask parents. I ask them that because this is your child. You should know this child. You should know this destiny, the purpose behind this child. God will reveal that to you. He's, he revealed it in the case of everybody. You know, they, they came along and told Abraham what his seed was going to be like. He told 
uh, uh, Samson's parents, you know, Mary and Joseph were told he always lets you know. But the thing about it is, is that we don't ask him. We're so enthralled with having this little baby and, 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 and watching them play and buying them Fisher Price and teaching them how to play a video game or doing whatever. But that we forget about the fact that we're supposed to be teaching them to be a man or a woman of God, that they are to grow up to be kings and queens. You know what I mean? I don't know about you, but I don't raise princes and princesses because princes and princesses need kings and queens. That means they never leave at home. I raise kings and queens. Or as they said in the hood, I raise shot callers, not followers. You're the head and not the tail. You're the lender and not the borrower. That process starts early in life. During this time of March of transitioning, you teach them how to transition from high school to college, from junior high to, to high school, from elementary to junior high, all, all these transitions that are happening. Uh, be aware of this. You know, you can always have your fun, but remember this, your purpose is to teach. And your purpose is to prepare. These are God's children. And you know we hate when a school or a daycare raises our children contrary to how we say they should be raised. And God doesn't take too lightly when we want to raise his children contrary to the purposes and plans he's preordained for their life. God bless you. You listen to Isaiah 61. Always feel free to come by and visit us at 1001 Penn. I'm out. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.